Welcome to the ministry of Bishop Emmanuel Nkefu of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. Bishop Nkefu is a medical doctor and senior pastor of the Lighthouse Chapel International, Light of the World Cathedral, Kolegono. A seasoned and anointed preacher and teacher of the Word of God, followed with various miracles, signs and wonders. His in-the-teaching of the Word of God will change your life forever. Now, here's today's message. This evening, all the way from Mampong, you know there is a big Bible school, a lighthouse Bible school at Mampong. I've been there, amen, a couple of times. And he just came in all the way because he is in charge and the same time he pastors the cathedral at Kolegono. So his hands are full, but he agreed to come and speak um, to you. Amen. There is conference. And I believe, I believe surely, I believe in my heart that the Lord is going to use him to bless you mightily. It's a man that speaks in Revelation about church growth. He's got it. Amen. And uh, for those of you um, who have been here since morning, it's a blessing to wait for this man of God. Amen. And after tomorrow, he'll be coming. And we'll crown it all tomorrow. Then you can go and have your Christmas shopping. I know some of you still you are in the mood. But thank God for the life of Bishop Emmanuel in Tafo. Now, church, be on your feet. As pastors, he, he speaks to pastors. And that's what I love. Let's receive Bishop Emmanuel in Tafo. Hallelujah. God bless you. May be seated. Amen. It's a blessing to be here once again at Gospel Light and to be with uh, Bishop Adai Mensa and Mama and all of you. And uh, I thank God for the leading that he has given to Bishop to um, bring us together for the deliverance and intercession conference. I'm not surprised that Bishop Adam Mesa is putting together this conference. He's a man of authority, a man of faith, a man of power. When I, when I see Bishop Adam Mesa, I feel that I can do everything. Because the man is not afraid of anything. The man is a man of faith. Amen. And uh, Gospel Light, I want you to know that God has really blessed you with one of the greatest, greatest servants of God. Not only in our country, but also all over the world. I've come to really love him and um, 
over the last couple of years, God has bonded us together, uh, preaching for each other, strengthening our churches together. Uh, almost every year we bring him to our maiden uh, convention, the Proton Convention, which is what opens the year. And uh, God willing, in 2017, we are bringing him again. And my people love him. And uh, he's a very, very great man of God, anointed, uh, an author of books. Recently, he's authors of new books. He brought me some copies. I'm here to go through them. I know that they are powerful. And I want to salute Mama also for all the years of standing by this great man of God. And all the great men of God in the house, Apostle Divine, Apostle Atifa, and all of you. It is an honor to be here. Amen. Um, the bishop has asked me to talk about uh, intercession for church growth. And uh, that is a very important uh, uh, subject. Now, I want to divide the subject into two. I'm going to tackle one tonight. Um, and then God will tomorrow. We cannot even begin to start to talk about interceding for church growth when we have not fought for church growth. Hallelujah. Are you getting that? We must understand the importance of growing large churches. And then we must understand how to fight in the realm of the spirit to protect these churches. So tonight, I want to share with all the pastors and the church, and I love to minister to pastors and church workers, you see, because uh, the church is built on the foundations of the apostles and prophets. Now, we the pastors and the church workers, if we can understand the heart of God, if we can understand the, the vision of God, then God can use us. Because we are the shepherds. And as the shepherd is so, is the sheep. So we ourselves must be grounded in the will of God, in the vision of God, and in the direction of God, in what God is trying to do. So I thank God that we have pastors here, church workers, you know, and um, it's a blessing. Now, Growing the church is a very important thing. Growing the church is different from planting the church. Many people can plant the church. But it is another business altogether to grow churches. All over the world, the average size of a church is 70 people. And in many, many places, I just came from um, Sierra Leone, where I was invited to preach at a pastor's conference, you know, uh, I preached like how many times? About ten times or, yeah. You know, and uh, you could see that the churches are small, small, small churches. Seventy percent of Sierra Leone is Islam. And only thirty percent is um, Christian. You can imagine what it means. So, brothers and sisters, tonight I want to share with us why we must have large churches. 
And then tomorrow, I will share with us why we must intercede for the church. Hallelujah. Now, the first thing I want us to know is that church is a fight. Ministry is a war. Lift up your right hand and say, ministry is a war. If you are a pastor and you are in a, in a ministry, you must know that you are in a battle. Hallelujah. You are in a battle. Paul told Timothy in 1 Timothy 4.12, he said, he said, fight the good fight of faith. The fact that he uses the word fight shows you that something is going on. Every minister must understand that the ministry is not a joke. Hallelujah. The ministry is not a joke. The ministry is a spiritual battle. It is a battle between the forces of God and the forces of darkness. That is the ministry. That is the summary of the ministry. What God is trying to do is that God is trying to save many people from the captivity of Satan into his kingdom. And Satan is also, you know, fighting to keep as many people. Now, as of Satan, he knows his end. According to Revelation chapter 20, you know, he'll be put, do you understand it? In the bottomless pit, alright, for a thousand years, and when he comes, he'll deceive many people. After that, he'll put, he'll be sent into hell. Hellfire. Together with the false prophets and the beasts. So Satan knows his end. And he's determined to send as many people there as possible. Amen. He's determined to send as many. So this is the reason for the fight. A pastor, as a pastor, you are trying to rescue people from going to hell. And then Satan and his demons are also bent in keeping them on the path to hell. That is the ministry. Now, in Matthew chapter 16 verse 18, Jesus said, alright, I will build my church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Now, Jesus said, I will build my church, but in the same breath that he said, I will build my church, he says, the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church. So he's drawing our attention that as the church is being built, the gates of hell, which is talking about the forces of darkness, are also trying to prevail, overcome, subdue, destroy the church. Are you here? You've gone home. Are you here? You've gone home. Now, Paul takes up the subject. In Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 12. He said, for we wrestle not. For we wrestle not. Which means that there's a wrestling match. Every pastor must understand that there's a wrestling match between you and Satan for the sheep. Pastors, are you here? Church workers, are you here? You are in a wrestling match. By the way, Bishop, this your conference. It's, it's divine. Last night, the Lord gave me a very powerful vision. In the vision, I was uh, in a hospital and I was assisting a surgeon. And there was a lady, there was a lady who was not, who was not well. You know, and the surgeon took the x-ray 
of the lady. And he said to me, look at it. The x-ray of her chest. And when we looked at the x-ray of the chest, do you know what we saw? We saw a snake. A big snake coiled in the chest of the lady. And that was what was causing the sickness. And so we decided we could not operate on it at that time at that hospital and that we needed to send you know it for referral for the snake to be removed you know i've been thinking about this vision the whole day when i sat down here and i was thinking about the conference i believe that the lord is showing us what the devil is doing in the church that the church the the devil has entered the heart of the church and has caused much of the church to be ill. The church of Jesus Christ, most of it is not well. Most of the church is not well. Most of the church of Jesus Christ is afflicted by demonic powers, by witches, by wizards, by sin, by evil. Do you understand it? There is not much power in most of the church of Jesus Christ. So, as Bishop is having this conference and talking about deliverance and intercession for the church, I believe that it is very divine and it's very prophetic. Now Paul said, For we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, rulers of darkness, Spiritual wickedness in high places. These are the, this is the type of war that we are engaged in. When the choir is not working or there's confusion in the choir, as a pastor you must understand what is happening there. You may, you may find your church members quarreling. You may find your church members you know, not wanting to come to church. But it is not they who don't want to come to church. They are evil spirit of backsliding. The evil spirit of immorality. The evil spirit that enter the church to try to destroy the church. Can I have an amen? amen? That is why Paul said in 2 Corinthians chapter 2 and verse 11, he said, Lest Satan had advantage over us, for we are not ignorant of his devices. If we are not, if we are not aware of the devices of Satan, he will take advantage of us. Amen. A pastor, tomorrow I'm going to tell you a lot of stories. A pastor, a pastor who does not understand that Satan has devices to fight you, you will not do well. You will not do well. There was a pastor, and I'll tell you this story again, uh, Goblin, tomorrow, whose church was not growing. No matter what he did, the church was not growing. So one Sunday morning, he decided to go to the church very early. Early at dawn. Now, there was a lady in the church who was a cleaner of the church. So the pastor went early and then went to hide. And the lady came to come and clean. And after she had cleaned, do you know what she did? She sat, she used her buttocks 
to sit on every single chair. Let Satan take advantage of us. For we are not ignorant of his devices. So the pastor confronted this lady and dealt with her and the church started growing. I'm establishing to you the fact that it is very important for us to know that we are in a spiritual war. Many of you pastors, you are working hard. You are praying. You are fasting. You love the Lord. You preach the word. And yet, you don't see much result. The devil is fighting for some devices and schemes that you don't know of. May the Lord open your eyes in your church to any device that Satan is using to twice your effort in the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 9, he said, a great door and effectual is open unto me, but there are many adversaries. He said, a door of ministry, a door to preach, a door to do the work, a door to build a church, a door to reach out to people, a door to minister to people is open unto me, but there are many, many adversaries. So you must understand as a pastor that just getting out to say I am going to build a church is one step. But you must understand that you are in a war. Amen. Now, we need to build large churches. Pastors, pastors, are you here? We need to build large churches. If we are going to build churches, then let's build large churches. If God called you, if God called you, and all that you want to do is to serve the Lord, then allow the Lord to use you to do great things. Bishop Dad preached two camp messages this year. The first one, his title was, Expect Great Things. And the second one, he said, Attempt Great Things. Attempt Great Things. Now, a large church is very important. A large church is very, very important. Many of you pastors who have settled for small churches. Do you get it? But what is a large church? What is a large church? Why is a large church important? Number one, a large church means that many people have been delivered from captivity. And on their way to heaven. That's what a large church means. That many people, alright, have been delivered from captivity. Sinners are in the hands of Satan. And we are ministering the word under the power of the Holy Spirit to set them free. So the more people you have in your church, the more people you have in your church, it means that more people have been delivered from the captivity of Satan and they have entered into the kingdom of God. 
How many of you want a lot of people to enter into the kingdom of God? So, when, when your church has 30 people, and when your church has 200 people, the impact on the kingdom of God is different. Can I have an amen? amen. No pastor here must settle for a small church. Hello? No pastor here must settle for a small church. Have a desire for God to use you to bring a lot of people into the kingdom of God. Have a desire. It must be your vision, your aim for God to use you to build a large church. I said it must be your aim. Now, a large church starts in the heart of a pastor. A large church starts in the heart of a pastor. A pastor cannot have a large church unless it happens in his heart. If you are a pastor here and your church is a small church and you want your church to become a large church, you must begin to desire it in your heart. You must begin to desire it in your heart. Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 and verse 6, He said, Blessed are they who hunger and thirst after righteousness, for they shall be filled. If you want to be filled, you have to test and you have to have hunger. Church growth doesn't just come passively. No. The growth of the church doesn't just occur passively. You have to have an active vision for the church to grow. And it is important for the church to grow because it means that a lot of people have come into the kingdom. Now pastors, other religions are taking over the world. Hello? Other religions are taking over the world. I did a big research work in 2011. If you take, if you take the, the Church of Ghana, all right, from the south up to Techiman, you have churches. After Techiman, especially after King Temple, Islam has taken over. The only churches you find there is the Catholic Church, the Assemblies of God, the Baptists, and some of these main lines. Charismatic churches, zero. Zero. We, we like the big cities because we want money. Charismatic pastors, we want money, not souls. We want money. That is why we all want Accra. When you send a pastor to Accra, he's happy. When you send a pastor to Zabelugu, he will curse you. Because we are not interested in souls, we are interested in money. Yeah. 
In Lighthouse Chapel International, over the years, if you go to the three northern regions, almost every district we have planted churches there. As I'm speaking right now, we have over 160 churches in the northern part of Accra. And we have we are we are we are building hundred church buildings. We are built seventy already. Yeah. Hello? I hear you go home. I'm explaining to you why your church must grow. Why your church must grow. Another reason why your church must grow is because Jesus has sent us to go to the whole world to preach. The whole world is our mission field. The second reason why your church must grow is because Jesus sent us to go and harvest souls in the whole world. Mark chapter 16 and verse 15. Jesus said, go into the whole world and preach to every creature. Whosoever shall believe shall be saved. But whosoever believeth not shall be damned. Now, the fact, listen to this, the fact that Jesus sent us into the whole world of more than 7 billion people shows that the harvest must be great. I'll say it again. I said the fact that Jesus sent us into the whole world of more than 7 billion people means that the harvest of souls must be great. It must be large. It must be a lot. It must be abundant. Pastor, Jesus did not send you to a street in Accra. You are specialized on a street in Accra. Jesus did not send you to do that. Jesus did not send us to fish in a bathtub. When you fish in a bathtub, you can catch only one or two fishes. But Jesus has sent us to the whole world. Now, gospel light, we must become we must continue to spread. We must help Bishop to spread further and further. We must go to every continent. Yeah, the time has come that on every continent we must have gospel light there. Amen. Amen. And I remember last year I challenged the young people to rise up eh? and, and, to, and to start churches and to do the work of God. Amen. So Jesus is expecting a large harvest. In Matthew chapter 9, from verse 36, the Bible is talking about Jesus. He said, and when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion on them. For they fainted and they were scattered as sheep without a shepherd. Then said he to his disciples, the harvest truly is plenteous. But the laborers are few. Jesus calls the harvest plenteous. And when Jesus talks about the harvest, he's not talking about the harvest of corn or the harvest of uh, bananas. He's talking about the harvest of souls. Now, recently, we had an election. You all heard it. You all heard it. When the results come, NPP, 40,000. NDC, 30-something thousand. 
thousands upon thousands upon thousands upon thousands are in our cities, in our towns, in our villages. But we should ask ourselves, how many of them are on their way to heaven? Every pastor, you must ask yourself, how many people eh, have I allowed God to use me to send to heaven? If your church is 50 people and you have been in the ministry for 8 years, it means that for 8 years eh, you have allowed God to use you to save only 50 people. 50. 50 people. The harvest is plenteous. I said the harvest is plenteous. Every pastor must have a large harvest. Lift up your right hand. Say, I must have a large harvest. Say, Lord, give me a large harvest. May the Lord give you a large harvest in 2017. In the name of Jesus. A large harvest. I'm explaining to you the reason why your church must grow. Must become big. Number three. Number three. Your church must grow because God wants his house to be full. God wants his house to be full. God does not want empty churches. Now in Luke chapter 14, Jesus spoke about a certain man who invited people for supper. And when the time was come, they all gave excuses and they didn't go. Then he sent his servant. He said, okay, go and call anybody who was not invited. And the servant came and said, well, there's still room. So, okay, now go on the streets, you know, and call the blind, the halt, and all that. And the servant came and said, I've done all. And still there's room. And in Luke 14, 23, look at Luke 14, 23. Look at Luke 14, 23. Luke 14, 23. And in Luke 14, 23, And the Lord said unto the servant, Go out into the highways and hedges and compel them to come in that my house may be filled. <laughs> I see that God wants his house. Sunday morning, Pastor, when you gather to have service, God wants your church to be full. To be full. This Sunday, when you go to church, when you go to church, and you look around, and it's not full, know that you are not fulfilling the will of God. Hello? I said, every pastor here, this Christmas Sunday, when you go to church, and you look around, and your church has empty chairs, the pastor of the largest church in the world, Dr. Yonggicho, he says, no church must have empty chairs. No church must have empty chairs. Bishop Oedepo says the same thing. A church does not have to have empty chairs. Why? Because God wants his house to be full. Lift up your right hand. Say, Lord, fill my church. Lord, fill my church. In the name of Jesus. Lord, fill my church. In the name of Jesus. Yeah. 
God wants his house to be full. Brothers and sisters, are you listening to me? The beer bars are full. The drinking spots are full. These days, these days, the sports centers are full. Sundays, when I'm going to church at Kolegono, I drive, you know, I come to the Obechebi Lamte Circle, then I take the Mochi Road. As I'm going, I see hundreds of young men, young women, adult children jogging on a Sunday. Jogging on a Sunday. I thought it was only Ghana until I went to Sierra Leone. I couldn't believe my eyes. They were driving me to the church in the morning, I think 7 or 8 o'clock. For a long stretch. Bishop, you, you won't believe it all. For a, something like from here to Legon. Eh? You meet different groups. Hundreds of them. Brothers and sisters, Satan has an agenda to keep people out of the church on Sundays. Now, universities are running programs on Sundays. Writing exams on Sundays. Having lectures on Sundays. We must rise up. If we don't rise up, you rise up one day and see that your church is completely empty. But I pray that God will give you that supernatural power, that supernatural ability to gather the people in the church. Receive that power. Receive that grace. Receive the anointing to grow a large church now. Let it be your portion. Receive that grace now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Oh yeah. No pastor here must accept empty chairs. And pastors, don't have few chairs in your church. Yeah. Sometimes we comfort ourselves. Your hall can take 300 people and you have arranged 70 chairs. Yes, and you have created large alleys where people can dance. The church is not for dancing. The church is for people who must come into the kingdom of God and, and, and go to heaven. Hello? Yeah? Yeah. Look. Fill pastors. Create a condition of godly dissatisfaction. Fill the church of a lot of churches. And to let you always look at yourself and, and you'll be humble. You'll be humble. Amen. When your church has not grown, you should not have a sound sleep. I doubt your calling. Your church is not growing and then you are having a sound sleep. And you are snoring. And you have put one leg on your wife. You even have erections to go and, and have, make love with your wife. When the church is not growing, there cannot be any election. When you think about it, the erections must die. I hear you go home. When you get erections as a pastor in the night, and you remember that the church has not grown, it must die. You are eating three times a day. You can't fast. You can't pray. Most pastors don't pray. A research was made in America 
of evangelical churches, the average pastor's prayer was about 30 minutes. 30 minutes prayer? 30 minutes prayer? 30 minutes prayer? You cannot use 30 minutes prayer to, to build a ministry. Yeah. That is why demons have taken over your church. That is why witches have taken over your church. Hello? God wants his church to be full. Number four. The next reason why your church must be large is because in the Bible, the churches were very large. In the Bible, the churches were very large. And your church must be an example of biblical church. I hear you go home. How many of you understand the message? Eh? Yeah. Bishop says I should talk about intercession for church growth. And I'm saying that we cannot begin to intercede for something that we don't have. You are not married. And then always you are interceding for your wife. Uh, Lord, let my wife be strong. Let her be healthy. Let my wife obey you. Let her... Why is the wife? Pray now. As we are now, you have to pray for a good wife. Lord, can you give me a good wife? Can you give me a spiritual wife? Then when you get a wife, then you can pray that she will be obedient, she will be loving, and she will love you. So tonight, God is drawing your attention to the fact that you must build a large church. And, 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 and this is what Bishop Oedipo says. Listen to this. He says, if we are a pastor and your church is not growing, it's your fault. The number one reason why the church is not growing is the pastor. Because everything depends on the pastor. You are the one that God has called. Don't blame the ashes. Don't blame the choristers. Don't blame your subordinates. Look at yourself critically. One of our young missionaries yesterday, he sent me a test. He's been on the mission field for about two years. He said, Bishop, based on what is happening on the mission, I am considering leaving here to go and assist somewhere. Now I replied to him, I said, you cannot leave. Be there. Be there. Be there. They said, oh, I've done this. I said, look at yourself critical. Then I sent him a tall list of some guidelines. And, she, and he said, I'm going to be here. And I'm going to apply these things. Yeah. Hallelujah. The biblical examples of church were large churches. Remember that the church of Jesus Christ started with 12 people. And one orangulized and died. Judas. Then he was replaced. Then together with the women and other disciples, they went to the upper room, 120. 120 of them, Acts 114. In Acts 2, when the Holy Spirit came and they preached their first sermon, 3,000 people were added to the church. 3,000 people were added to the church. In Acts chapter 4 and verse 4, 5,000 people were added to the church. In Acts chapter 5 verses 12, 13, the Bible now talks about multitude of disciples of women and men. And Acts chapter 6 verse 1, the Bible said, and when the number of the disciples multiplied, Multiplication. Large churches. Don't comfort yourself, pastor. 
that your church is small. Don't comfort yourself. That's not the will of God. I said that is not the will of God. I said that is not the will of God. That is not the will of God. The will of God is that your church will grow. Hello? The will of God is that your church will grow. In Psalm 2 and verse 8, he said, Ask of me and I'll give you the hidden for thy inheritance and the uttermost part of the earth for thy possession. Ask of me. In Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19, look at it. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19. Jeremiah chapter 30 and verse 19. And out of them shall proceed thanksgiving and the voice of them that make merry. And I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will multiply them and they shall not be few. I will also glorify them and they shall not be small. That is the will of God. He doesn't want you to be few. He doesn't want you to be small. Pastor, God doesn't want you to be small. God doesn't want you to be few. God wants you to be a lot. God wants to make you a shepherd of multitudes of sheep. Receive that blessing in the name of Jesus. May your church Move from 30 to 100. From 100 to 200. From 200 to 300. Receive 500 people. Receive 700 people. Receive 1,000 people. Receive 1,005. Receive 2,000 people. Receive 3,000 people. Receive 5,000 people. Receive it in the name of Jesus. Amen? Yeah. God wants his house to be full. The examples of, of churches in the Bible were large churches. Large churches. Large churches. Multitudes. Are you here? You've gone home. Hallelujah. The next reason why your church must grow is so that you can have a large income. So you can have a large income. There are many of you pastors here. There are a lot of things that God has placed on your heart to do for him. But you have not been able to do them because there's no money. Because there's no money. There's no money in the church. You are struggling even to feed yourself. Now, there is a relationship between the growth of the church and the income of the church. There's a relationship. The more people you have, the larger the income. So that you can do all the things that God wants you to do. Recently, Bishop Dad was in Zimbabwe. He preached in 14 cities. 30 days and night. The night were the crusades. The mornings were the pastors' conferences. He traversed more than 2,000 kilometers in Zimbabwe, preaching to pastors, preaching to sinners. Now, he went, he went from Ghana, are you listening, with more than 70 people. 70 
anointed workers of the crusade. They were all flown. And then he went with trucks. Crusade trucks. Tens of them driving from South Africa to Zimbabwe. One over 1,000 kilometers. Fuel. Crusade equipment. Now, let me ask you a question. You can do that if the church doesn't have money. You can do that. You may want to do it, but you can't do it. You see, the Bible says money is a defense. Never think that money is a bad thing. Money is neutral. It depends on how you relate with it. But money is very important for the ministry. A lot of things you can do if you have money in the ministry. He spent hundreds of thousands of US dollars on that crusade. Where does that money come from? It comes from the church. He has built a mega church of 3,000 branches in over 72 countries. And it is these churches that back him. That back him. He moves with the backing of 3,000 churches in over 70 countries. So, Pastor, that is why you must go a large church. Yeah. At our church at Kolegono, God has blessed us with thousands of people. Sunday morning, when you come there, we hold six adult services. Only the youth church, the youth church is a thousand children. At Kolegono. And Bishop knows my congregation. When you come there, young, 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 young people, you know, and, and all that. And, and one time the Lord told me, He said, Listen, you may not have a lot of rich people in the church. Yeah? Students, young, young people. You know, but the Lord said, I've given you a lot of people. If they all give a little, it becomes a lot. And the income of my church is a lot. Last year alone, from, from February last year to May of this year, from, from my churches, I did. 22 church building projects all over Ghana. So, Pastor, don't be there. Like, oh, we there, we are okay. You know, we have 20 people. We are okay. It's cozy. You know, it's not cozy. It's giving you a headache. It's giving you a headache. It's affecting your marriage. Always your wife is trusting you. You can't pray. You can't do anything. Amen. The more people there is in the church, the larger the income, and then you can do all the things that God wants you to do. You want to preach. You want to have crusades. You want to have an orphanage. You want to build a hospital. Is that also? You want to feed the poor. You want to feed the poor. Every month, every month, Bishop Dark has set up a department that gathers beggars from all of Accra. Every month. Beggars from all of all the work beggars that you see, gathers all of them every month into a service and then gives all of them their pocket money for the month. (laughs) 
Yeah. He's providing braille for blind schools all over the country. He started. He's done textbooks for all of them. You cannot do all these things if you don't have money. I got to say, and you cannot have money when the congregation is small. It's small. That is why it is important for you to grow a large church. When you have income, you can build your own church building. You can build your own church building. Look at where we are sitting. In a cozy environment. Air conditioned, spacious, nice seats and all that. It's because he has built a successful church. He's built a successful church. And he's building a church building for us. One day we'll be out of this place. Hallelujah. Are you here or you go home? I said, are you here or you go home? Next reason. Next reason. Next reason. This is the last one. I have, I I can give you 25, but I've given you how many? uh, uh, Apostle? Six. So, just six, then we'll go home. I can give you 25. Yeah. I have 25 here. That I can give to you. But six is okay. The next reason is, the next reason why you must go a large church so that you can have a lot of church workers. Church workers. Many of you pastors, you are alone. Hey, one man master, you are in charge of the choir, you are in charge of the ashes, you are in charge of the finances, you are in charge of the church building project, you are in charge of the outreach. Everything you are in charge because you don't have people. You don't have people. But when you have a large church, you have a lot of people to help you. Pastor, how many of you can understand that? Eh? And then your work will be to train those people to become church workers. Look at Ephesians chapter 4, verses 11 and 12. If you have the NIV, give me the NIV. Are you blessed tonight? How many of you have been inspired to go and build large churches? Tomorrow we'll talk about how to intercede for the church. Hallelujah. And he gave some, do you have the NIV? Alright. And he gave some apostles and some prophets and some evangelists and some pastors and teachers. Verse 12. For the perfecting of the saints, for the work of the ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. Pastors, look at me. The reason why God has placed in a church apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors and teachers is so that they can equip or train the ordinary Christians to do the work of the ministry. Amen. When you have a lot of people in the church, you can train them to become workers who help you and then they'll multiply the work. They'll multiply the work. Hallelujah. At our cathedral, 
I have not less than 600 church workers who help me. Not less than 600 who help me. We have 400 cell groups. And most of the cell groups have a leader and assistant. I don't have to do the work alone. You cannot do it alone, Pastor. You are dying. You are dying. And then you can see that you are also growing even in the ministry. Your energy levels is going down. So the things that you could do when you were much younger, you can't do them again. You need more people to help you. One of the main works of a pastor is to continuously train people. Continuously train people. That is why you must, you must not joke of your new converts. We don't joke of our new converts at all. From time to time in the year, every three months or so, we graduate new converts that we have passed through school. Sometimes we can have over 200. 150, 180. And then we put these ones into schools to train them. You need more people to help you. When Jesus started his ministry, the first thing that he did was that he went around recruiting people to help him. Hello? So when Jesus started his ministry, the first thing he did, in Matthew chapter 4 and verse 19, he saw Peter and Andrew, and then he, saw, he told them, follow me, I'll make you fishers of men. In Matthew 8, he saw Matthew and said, Matthew was busy at collecting taxes. Get up, get up, get up. Enough of taxes. Follow me. Follow me. Follow me. In John 1, in John 1, he saw Andrew and called him. Andrew went to call his friend, uh, um, um, Philip. And Philip called his friend Nathaniel. They all came to follow him. They all came to follow him. You must be raising up leaders. But you see, many of you pastors, rather you are poaching other people's leaders. You look at somebody's keyboardist and then you poach the person. And in the process, you destroy somebody's church. You don't need to poach anybody. Train your own people. Be interested in the, in the, in the little, little children in your church. Now, I realize that most churches don't value young people. Lighthouse. If you are being lighthouse, if you see a lighthouse congregation, it is full of young people. Young people. You go to the car park. The car park is full of all kinds of cars. And when you enter the church, you wonder, who owned these cars? Who owned these cars? Young people. Pastors, be interested in your young people and train them. It is the young that becomes old. It's the young that becomes old. Set up a, a, a new convert school. Set up a leaders training school. Use your Sunday, Sunday afternoon, 11 o'clock, 12 o'clock, we have gone home. What are you doing in the house? You are watching Kukumbwaja. Pastor. And church workers. 
You are lazy. We are quadro. It's true. Empire kwa umobi. So for whom empire? Empire. Hmm. Recently, one of our bishop was telling that we have a lot of international students. One of our international students visited his country. And went around the churches. Then he sent me a test. He said, I'm shocked. He said, by 12, all the churches are closed. And the pastors, after Sunday, they don't do any work in the week until another Sunday. Pastors, let's work hard. Sunday is your main day. Sunday, you can do visitation. You can do counseling. You can do outreach. You can do evangelism. All your people who didn't come to church, you can go all around them to go and visit all of them. Why didn't you come to church? You can pray for people. You can do training programs. How about that ever? That's it. And many of the church workers, so-called church workers, you don't work. Why is you It's true. Many so-called church workers, they don't help the pastors. But one person cannot do other work. Yeah. In Exodus chapter 18, when Jethro visited Moses 
and saw him pastoring three million people. He told Moses, Look, Adiawi, Akano, Emenu, Ubekunu, Nokunkofonos, Unfomunkobabia. He told them, Look for leaders and let them help you. May the Lord give you leaders. 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 Hallelujah. And the seventh one, I'll mention it and I'll continue with that, is that the seventh reason why you must have a large church is so that you can have a lot of prayer in your church. And I'll go into details about that going tomorrow. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Are you clapping your hands for the Lord? Receive the grace for a large church. Receive the grace. Lift up your hands and stand to your feet and pray. Stand to your feet and lift up your two hands. I want you to pray and say, Lord, give me a large church. Give me a large church. Lift up your hands and pray. Stand to your feet, please, and pray. Yes, Lord. 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 Lift up your hands. Pray. Tell the Lord to increase your church. Tell the Lord, increase my church. Lord, please increase my church. Lord, give me more people. Lord, give me more people. Lord, give me more people. Use me to bring more people into the kingdom. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Lift up your hands and pray. Lift up your hands and pray. have been blessed by this message. We invite you to worship with us at the Lighthouse Chapel International Light of the World Cathedral Collegon. Opposite the Collegon main gate. Please note our service times. English services, early rain service, 6.30 a.m. to 8.30 a.m. His present service, 8.30 a.m. to 10.30 a.m. And love and faith service, 10.30 a.m. to 12.30 p.m. Other languages, L'Eglise Glorious, French, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. Love and Victory, Gain, 7.30 a.m. to 9.30 a.m. And Love and Hope, Tree, 9.30 a.m. to 11.30 a.m. Our Vibrant Youth Church also starts at 12 noon to 2 p.m. Be part of our midweek importation service this and every Tuesday from 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. prompt. For prayer, counseling, and further inquiries, Please call 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. The numbers again, 0278-888-884 or 0543-289-289. God bless you.